Hello there, welcome along to PTI Australia. I'm Russell Barwick, you are Sam Kegovich, and speaking of Australia, you are everywhere on Australia Day. Will you get off my television? What a great day. Are you tired? Have you, you Coles, worked everywhere? Woolers, lamb, aioli, holly, oh, guacamole. Come what? here, you little treasure. No. Ah. Probably time for your press. McDonald's. Oh. Oh. oh, there you go. I thought I was supposed to say something. But anyway... Tonight on the show, the heavyweights will come out to play. I'm talking about Djokovic, Azarenka, Clark, Liverpool, Bennett. Plus, the biggest night in boxing for a long, long time in this country, Daniel Gill and Anthony Mundine. And more importantly, at Super Bowl week, so Philadelphia Eagles punter Matt McBride helps us preview the biggest game in American sport. And we play What's the Word? And it's all brought to you, of course, by sportingbet.com.au. But we start with the Australian Open men's final. Novak Djokovic made it three Oz Opens in a row with his four-set win over Andy Murray. That's now six Grand Slams yeah. in a row. Uh, he's up there with the all-time greats. Were you happy with the final? I thought it was pretty boring. Well, you're not a Dennis the Menace fan, but I am. I thought I'm the tennis fan. was outstanding. The final, I'm, I was a bit sick of it leading up to it, but there's, a, there's an air of predictability, but I thought the final was exemplary. Murray, I must confess, I've never been a great fan because of his antics and some of his idiosyncratic ways. You think there was a bit too much focus on the blisters and the oh, mercurocrame yeah. thrown on but the But I foot? think he has toughened up a lot mentally. I think his demeanour's a lot better, and I think he has toughened up. And, you know, his day in the sun will come. But I thought Djokovic is retrieving, and the velocity of the ball pelting over the how, net is outstanding. Can, answer me this. I mean, Djokovic, one of the greats. Will he ever yeah. get to Federer? Well, Statistics say that perhaps he might. Statistics. Marks. 25, statistics say. 25, <laughs> he's won six already. Yeah. Six majors. That's given the fact that Federer doesn't win another one. OK, he's, what's he running at about 16, 17 at the moment? Yeah. So it's reasonable to assume he's got five or six really good years ahead of him. There's 24 slams in between. He wins half, probably a chance. He's probably a chance. But at the same time, I thought the final lacked a little bit and Djokovic blaming his shoes in the first set, yeah. but not in the third set sort of strange. Well, that's a well. norm in, you know, in, in, in world sport these days. But I thought the final was fantastic. And the women, now this was an extraordinary final. Victoria Zarenka defended her title from last year, beating Lee Nair in three. There was drama of plenty, two injury timeouts to Lee, a stoppage for Australia Day fireworks, which I might add were outstanding. Mm -hmm. It all came on the back of Azarenka's dramas in the semi. When she had a panic attack. Well, that's what she's well, saying. Allegedly. She was serving for the match and couldn't handle went off for a bit and then came out and closed it out against the young American. If it wasn't for the fairy tale story... Uh, and it was Serena Williams. Nobody would have yeah. cared, but everyone was a bit... But I was a bit... I was taken back by the unremitting bloodlust for uh, Azarenka on the back of that, what they perceived in a lot of way. Well, I know it was, it was young, gamesmanship. It was well, a young girl, first Grand Slam semi-final. Probably unacceptable gamesmanship, but there's a lot that perceived her as being probably cheating. But we know that wasn't... It wasn't Azarenka's fault. <laughs> The, the fault lies with the, the officialdom, rules, yeah. the rules. And that's why world sport, not only in tennis, it needs genuine, firm leadership. And they need to determine and be so definitive that these these windows aren't open. They reckon Li Na individually is turning tennis in China on the well, why on wouldn't its it head. Be? She was outstanding. Yeah. And that, that ankle roll, I mean, that yeah. looked like it broke her ankle. Yeah, she's no. a tough little girl. But uh, as her ankle, you know, she's a hard counterpuncher and a really hard-nosed... Tough mentally, uh, and, and she was fantastic. And she deserved... Uh, Not going to talk about the grunting. The gr no, I'm over the grunting. Let's I'm over move the on. grunting. It's... The biggest sporting event in, uh, in this week, in fact, this probably year so far in Australia, is the IBF World Middleweight title. Daniel Gill taking on Anthony Mundine in Sydney. Of course, you've seen the signs. Half Gill, half Mundine. The press conference on the weekend was a complete... 
show for Anthony Mundine. He was swearing, he was taking on people, telling people they're half white, half black, not real Aboriginals. <laughs> this is serious stuff. It is, and let me tell you, this is without a doubt the, the biggest event in Australian boxing uh, history. It's fantastic. Mm. You've got to remember, though, number two, Daniel Gill versus 14, Anthony Mundine. Yeah. If you put it in an... If it wasn't Anthony Mundine, you'd be yeah. saying this is a chump fight. Daniel yeah. Gill should win. Well, he should, but let me tell you, even that would be marginalised. If you, if, you, if you did a straw poll now of all the punters, oh, it would be 50-50. But the thing is, they're gravitating to Gill. It's a sellout. Yeah, it's a sellout everywhere. It's a, they're gravitating to Gill because of... Tony's antics, his bad behaviour, and the fact he's starting to polarise and become very divisive in some of his unruly comments. What will this do to boxing, Tom's... though? Oh, well, it gave it a big spark, a big uh, injection that it sadly needed. Because, you know, you've got two genuine combatants. You know, Gil is the uh, clean cut, gentlemanly, uh, nice kid. Nice kid, and the other one's, you know, just a real pug down and get dirty. Mm. And, you know, there's two. Two vast contrasts there. Even the undercard it looks good. You've got uh, that uh, Kimbo Slice and you've got yeah. uh, the uh, Lauren Eagle as well. It's a really good undercard. The main event coverage uh, preview from 7.30pm is free. The fight coverage starting at 8 o'clock. Go to main event for all the details. Yes, and to the A-League. And just when the league is flying along, they've hit with drama. Adelaide United coach Johnny Cosmina has stood down effective immediately. He says there's a lack of trust within the club and sees no clear direction. And this is a team probably uh, sitting fairly comfortably in the top four. Something's awry, and uh, Johnny Cosmina's thing was, with no regrets, I leave immediately. And that normally mm. means that the Wolves are circling. And you know you know some of the blokes there, and you reckon that basically he saw the writing on the wall and got out before he was pushed. Yeah, there's no doubt the assistant coach, uh, it's been mooted for some time that he's he'll be appointed next year. He's lost Van Dyke and Caravello, his two prime uh, signings, you know, mm. the big-name players. And what he was looking for was security of tenure. He wanted a two-year deal, a little bit more money. He felt he's done a fair job. He did too. Absolutely. Because he, he certainly, uh, you know, arrested a downward slide for Adelaide United and he stabilised the club. So, you know, there were some very good indicators there that suggested he should have got at the package he was but looking for. It, it's almost, it's almost uh, self-destructing. He had 25,000 at uh, Victory Game that you were at. There was 15,000 at the Wanderers. Sure, there was only 8,000 Central Coast and half a mm. dozen at uh, Perth and nothing in Wellington. But my point is it seems to be trekking along. We have Man U and Liverpool and then yeah. all of a sudden a little self-destruction within the A-League. Yeah, well, it's, it, it's very unfortunate because the A-League, as you rightfully alluded to, has really trended it's trekking on OK. Yeah, and a couple of major signings from overseas has given it the profile and the status that we've been desperately seeking. So I'd be very disappointed with the happenings at Adelaide. OK, Michael Clark has thrown his hat into the IPL auction this weekend, unbelievably, with all the talk of rotation and resting players and an Ashes doubleheader and the Indian tour. This smacks of a little double standards for me. Hypocrisy, well, it does. Perhaps. It doesn't make any sense. You're dead right. Gross hypocrisy. But it, it also... Revert... Maybe not with Michael Clark, but just with the whole... No, even with Michael Clark. The scenario. Because it reverts to the very core of problem in Australian sport, and that is our lack of genuine leadership and authority. Here we are, we're talking about arguably the biggest two. We've got a hectic schedule oh, for the next 12 months. The next 12 months... The next... You 12 know, months is the biggest in Australian when, cricket for a long time. When are administering uh, bodies or when are, when are the ruling or governing bodies going to turn around and dictate the terms of uh, uh, the terms of entry or the terms of conduct in sport? This is the Players thing. and their managers dictating to them where we want to play, how we want to play and how much money we want to go. That it's got to change. And that's David it's Warner change. and Michael Clark couldn't play in our local uh, Big Bash League, yeah. but they're going to be allowed to play yeah. in the Indian Big Bash, yeah. effectively, in between the yeah. Indian Tour and the Ashes Tour. They it doesn't make sense. They pick and choose where they want to go themselves. Spondula. It's all Spondula. We've got to get back to 
rules and regulations and asserting some authority and having a structure and direction. Because the because last thing that you want someone to do is to go to three different sort yeah. forms of the game, like McDonald's, like uh, Lamb and like Coles, yeah. and take the money. That'd be and just have the, the aioli guacamole that and be is totally just, confused. That'd just it be is stupid, Russell. That's the smartest Spondula. thing you've done. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, this yeah. is a bad thing that happened on the weekend. Chelsea player Eden Hazard caused a stir when he kicked a Swansea ball boy in the League Cup semi-final. Now, the ball boy was laying an egg, and he also tweeted that he wanted to waste time because it was his last game, but Hazard sunk the slipper in. Yeah. You can't do that. He's been charged. Rightfully so. That kid should be at home anyway doing his homework. <laughs> but more than that, no, that's not true. She'll be at McDonald's <laughs> buying Lamburgers. I, I, I only work a molly with it, too. Uh, that was Coles. Coles. Um, no, let me tell you. What this, do you reckon? Oh, what do I reckon? Look, he should have been absolutely nailed of the cross, this guy. That's the biggest act of cowardice yeah. and a brain fade I've ever seen in my life. Fancy the poor kid doing his job. His well, got, the referee yeah. would have added some time for it anyway. Well, you know, mate, you know that there's cameras there. You can't yeah. kick someone on the ground. But not, what do you mean you can't even if the camera wasn't there? <laughs> it's an unhuman thing to do to kick anyone on the ground. What was what he was thinking? I've got no idea. But he should be castigated and vilified globally. Castigated. Castigated. Oh, I thought you said something else. And uh, vilified <laughs> globally for what he did, and exposed for the character individual he is, because really does what sort of reflect on the heat of the moment. Some of the silly things you do when you're under pressure, <laughs> and they, they never highlight it because the producer always covers your tail. Exactly right. But sometimes I'm going to tell them what I you really like. I need around for my first But this wedding. is an absolute act of. Uh, Could have cut that out of the show. It is completely just unacceptable. That behavior. is the headlines. Next up, our ESPN colleague Jason Bennett and Philadelphia Eagles hunter Matt McBriar join us from North. Collins to preview Super Bowl 47 between the Ravens and the 49ers. Well, it's going to be a clicker of a game. That is going to be... Yeah, wouldn't it be nice for the uh, producer to be around when we both got married first? Could have edited that whole series of our lives out. Could have indeed, yes. <laughs> well, it is the biggest day in American sport. It's the Super Bowl. It's next Monday. It's on ESPN and it's in New Orleans. And speaking of that, Jason Bennett and Mac McBriar have this preview for all of you. Yes, gentlemen, welcome to New Orleans. It's Mardi Gras week as well as Super Bowl week, so you can imagine it's absolute chaos. Party Town Central here in the Big Easy. Jason Bennett, Matt McBride looking ahead to Super Bowl 47. All the action coming your way next Monday morning on ESPN. What a great matchup. It's the one that the NFL were really looking for. Yeah, definitely. They've got the two brothers and the head coaches going against each other. Uh, wonderful in that both teams were in the AFC and the NFC Championship games last year. Um, yeah, this is what they were looking for. They... Almost deserved it last year to get to this point, and so here are two deserving teams, and they're playing very exciting football. Let's break down the matchups: the San Francisco offense against the Baltimore defense, Colin Kaepernick against Ray Lewis. We know it's more complicated than that, but they're the two main keys. Yeah, look, Kaepernick's turned the team around, really. I mean, he's so dynamic, great, great athlete. He just he will take off and he'll be gone if they they give him a hole. If he's got some space, the guy's just so fast, so fast. And uh, look, they've got a great run game as well. They're just they're built on power. Huge offensive line. And, um, look, they've also got other playmakers around. I can go through them all. Vernon Davis. You've also got the guys outside like Michael Crabtree and Randy Moss. I mean, it, they're an exciting offence. San Francisco haven't won a Super Bowl since 1995. The Ravens haven't won one since 2001. All the focus on Kaepernick, not so much on Joe Flacco, the Baltimore quarterback. He's a star. He could take him to the title. He is a star. Flies, he flies under the radar, that's for sure. Um, look, he, he can make some big throws. He's got a huge arm. And uh, look, look for him to take some shots down the field. He doesn't always have the greatest stats, 
because he takes he takes these long throws and he'll be looking for his fast you know wide outs like Tory Smith and um, look he will uh, he's been great so far in playoff games. He's got a great record and on the road too. And he's not afraid to roll the dice. And Ray Lewis, the spiritual leader of this team, after 17 years, he's going to retire. This is his final game. They'd love to send him off to the Hall of Fame with another title. Yeah, definitely. I mean, his last Super Bowl, I mean, at least he's got one, but it was a long time ago. And he's he's declared this is it, this is it for him. He's retiring after this game. So they'd love to send him out with a bang. And uh, look, he's come back from this terrible injury, torn tricep, and they've kind of got rolling again. They had lost four of their last five games in the regular season. So for Ray, for the, for the Ravens, I mean, I, you can tell it means a lot to the, to the team to do it for him. Promises to be a fantastic matchup. Let's talk briefly about special teams close to your heart, the punters and the kickers. We know the kicker for San Francisco, David Akers, who had just been automatic for years and years. He's had a terrible season. He's got the yips. He really does. And it's just so like golf kicking. I mean, he just... He's still got the ability to do it, but it's in his head. And uh, it's kind of sad to see that, uh, you know, he missed one last week. It was really just a chip shot. So, uh, you know, I mean, they brought some competition in for him the week before, um, but they still stuck with him. So there's pressure on him, and he's definitely going to be feeling it. The San Francisco 49ers, widely regarded by most to be the more talented of the two teams, have certainly had a more consistent overall season. The Baltimore Ravens fell apart towards the end of the year. They dropped four of their last five games. They fired their offensive coordinator. Their season looked to be over, but suddenly come playoff time, they clicked. They beat Indianapolis. They went to Denver and beat Peyton Manning. They went to New England and beat Tom Brady. No one gets through those guys. No, look, they've been remarkable. I mean, the momentum, they came in with no momentum. And just to spark it up during the playoffs on the road, I mean... There's obviously a lot of belief there in the team, and I think a lot of it has to do with the fact they're more of a veteran team too. I mean, Lewis is, you know, he's 37. He's been around forever. You've got other guys on the defence who have been, uh, Ed Reid, been around for a long time as well. So, I mean, it's, uh, they're not going away. They're not going away quietly at the moment, and, uh, you know, it's, it's fun to see. San Francisco will start as favourites once again, but as we mentioned, that's not going to bother Baltimore one little bit. And if the game gets tight on uh, Monday morning and the Ravens are close, the 49ers will be looking over their shoulder. Yes, and all indications look like it could be a close game. Certainly, and there's two schools of thought, isn't there? Uh, the Ravens are battle-hardened. They're going to have to play four straight games to win the championship. San Francisco had that week off a few weeks ago, but if you look at the recent history, five of the last seven teams have had to do it the hard way, winning four straight games. The Ravens are battle-hardened. They're ready to go. They believe that it's their time and nothing can stop them. Yeah, look, I mean, you would think that's a more difficult way to do it, but they've been... They're winning, obviously, and uh, they haven't had any injuries just in the last few weeks. So they're, go- they're coming in... I mean, they're going to be probably tired, but not as fresh as uh, the 49ers. But uh, they're healthy... And, uh, you know, you'd expect them to put up a good fight. It's going to be a fantastic contest. So many great storylines, so many great matchups. ESPN's got the Super Bowl covered all week long. It'll kick off Sunday night, our first ever Super Bowl marathon from 7pm Eastern. Then our game day coverage will kick off 5.30am with Chris Berman. Boomer in the NFL countdown, boys. You'll see us at 9.30 for our Aussies Abroad pregame show. We'll break down who's going to win, why and how. And then, of course, the big game itself. San Francisco, Baltimore, Super Bowl 47. You'll catch all the action right here live on ESPN. Good on you, boys. Thank you very much for that. I'm tipping the Baltimore Ravens. You're a 49ers fan. Candlestick Park will uh, rejoice. Will yeah. erupt. You're Absolutely right. be a big game, that's for sure. Next up, time to play What's the Word, our favourite game for the first time this year. Wayne Bennett, Laurie Daly, Liverpool. And one word for all those reality show promos you've been watching during the tennis and the cricket. Oh.
enough of those. Overexposed. Is that one word? No, it is, yeah. Favourite segment for me and for a lot of people as well, it is What's the Word, our version of Blankety Blanks. We have a statement, got to fill in the missing word. Pretty simple. First up, Wayne Bennett's comment that Laurie Daly is the wrong choice to coach the New South Wales Origin team is what, Kekka? Uh, I'm putting down ambiguous, confusing, and it lacks clarity. What I, I don't think what Wayne Bennett meant was that uh, Laurie Daly's incompetent. I think what he meant was that he might have lacked that uh, brutal edge necessary at State of Origin to really inspire the troops. I think I it's think jealous. So. And uh, you're probably oh, saying, stupid. why is it jealous? And I'll tell you for why. Why? He's coached Queensland. He's coached Australia. He's even coached... The All-Stars and New Zealand. The only team <laughs> Wayne Bennett hasn't coached is the Mighty Blues. So you're jealous, Wayne, because this year is the year that Laurie gets the trophy back I from Mal Meninga. The one thing about Wayne Bennett, I don't know him that well, but He's I don't jealous. think he'd be jealous. He'd be jealous. Yeah, but I think that's why I think Laurie Daly's a good choice, but it might be that brutal edge to inspire his Great charges. Great choice, Loz. On the back of Man United coming to Australia this year, Liverpool also possibly coming at the same time would be what? Sam Kegovich. Uh, it would be absolutely... Uh... Come on. God. You don't know how to spell it? I'm going with orgasmic. <laughs> absolutely I... heavenly. Well, the I'll tell you what I... The greatest team ever in EPL, Liverpool and slash Man United, both coming out here to play in an Australian competition, or just to play an Australian team, com- whichever it team is. it is. It's seductive. It's just it one is. of the biggest things to hit this country, especially yeah. at that time of the year. And who... Whose initiation was that? I, Who's had initiative? Some, I had some involvement earlier. Who's doors. the CEO of soccer? Who? David Gallup. David Gallup has been probably the last bloke to know. He has been proven to be an outstanding sports administrator. And it was his what did you initiative. Write? Seductive. Seductive, it is. It's almost it is. like the notion of them two of the greatest brands coming to this country okay. is unbelievable. Start writing now. You've been a bit slow today. We've well. discussed what Daniel Gill versus Anthony Mundine means for boxing, but now, Mundine. Versus Gill, the man versus the real deal. The final word is what? Is going to be Gill. All the headlines in the papers the following morning will have Gill, beguiled, beguiled, because good always prospers over evil. And I'm telling you something, he is an ornament and an absolutely wonderful ambassador for this great fight game. And I'm sure that all the fighting and all the fight, uh, all the boxing gods will smile favourably on the. I think it's going to be compulsive. Compulsive viewing, compulsive attending. I'll tell you how compulsive it is. I am turning down tickets to Keith Urban to go and watch this fight. Oh, please. I'm going to Keith on Thursday. Don't worry about that. I think that it'll go the distance. I reckon there's not a KO punch between them, but it'll go the distance. I'm thinking TKO Daniel Gill, but, oh, this is going to be fantastic. And all the promos, speaking of something that's not fantastic, all the promos for My Kitchen Rules during the tennis and the block during the cricket... Have been what? Well, apart from being boring, but they've been guilty of uh, being narcissistic. But you'd understand TV networks want to boast some of their prime movers. And these are big rating programs. So there's saturation point, but they do a little bit bit of boasting. I think it's spelling. What have I got? Narcissism. Narcissism, same thing, Russell. But uh, it is. It has been punishing punishing and almost as bad as Kekka killing me on TV. It's been... I thought kekka-like was a word, but punishing is the word. But those reality shows have really had their <laughs> day. What about, well, that's, 
Well, at the end, that's what I'd like them to see. I'd rather see a the, green the, Look, I don't mind the plug, but when you hear one of the yeah. commentators like Richie Bonneau and Mark Tunney, can't wait for yeah, the block, block to return. And if I see Scotty Cam or Manu Fidel... The, and Evans. And Peter Evans. Peter if I see Evans. them on my screen walking onto a tennis court again... But you know that the uh, rank and file who have got, you know... Uh, by the way, this show brought to you proudly by McDonald's Lamberger. <laughs> yeah. What's the word is done. Next yeah. up, the big finish. Happy time in the Sporting Bet. Good best best bets of the week. They are our sponsors. Hey, Ollie, my Ollie. Oh, hey, Ollie, guacamole. Ah, I've had it. Ah, you little ginger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Happy birthday this week to Jack Newton, the great Australian turned 63. He's done more for junior golf, I reckon, in this country than any other person. Yeah, absolutely. Right. And I reckon he'd swap a little bit of it for that uh, British oh, Open title that just that... escaped him. Uh, happy anniversary to Janet Jackson's wardrobe malfunction at Super Bowl 38. You know what? I can't remember who played that particular game, but I do remember Janet Jackson and I'll just... Come here, little no, going away. <laughs> it was a malfunction. It was yeah. not deliberate. I've oh, got yeah. Stage managed like everything else in the States. And is it happy trails to the Hussies? Michael's retired and now David has been dropped. So, you can safely say no more hussies in the cricketing world. And it's about time. There's been way yeah. too many for the long, long Let's time. Let's smart up a bit. You're right. Okay, now for the big finish and one of the best rugby tournaments around starts this Saturday night at midnight Eastern time. It's the Six Nations. It's all on ESPN. Now, week one, Wales taking on Ireland, England playing Scotland, and then Italy play France on the Sunday. And with the Lions tour coming up, there'll be a lot of interest. And I'm tipping the Poms to almost go through undefeated. You are? Yes. Mm. Welsh haven't won a game for seven games. They're, they're, they're the defending champions. Tom Jones, boys for me. The store gift will have track royalty running this Easter. Jamaican Grey at the Safa Power will run in Australia's richest sprint. Yeah. What a coup that is. Yeah, all we need is Usain Bolt and then we'll have somebody really interested in it. Oh, here we go. Well, Usain's the best in the world. Yeah, but well, Asafa's not far behind. He's still far behind. With seven yards. Australia's netballers, once world beaters, are struggling right now. They were flogged three zip against the Poms, so uh, they don't need that. What's the world coming to? Well, they've got to get their game plan in order. And Aussie-born NBA oh, star the, Kyrie Irving I thought you were going to say there needs to be some rise. in the netball team. He gained selection for the All-Star team and knocked down a buzzer beater for this Cavs beat the Raptors. Yes. We just wish he would have chosen to play for the Boomers. Yeah, that was just the uh, difficult thing. Yeah. But if you had your choice, would you play for the Dream Team or whoever or the Boomers? No, Move on. Easy one. Quote of the week comes from French tennis player Joe Wilfred Songa. The girls, they are more unstable emotionally than us. You want to touch that one? That quote was marginally better than the PM's bloke, let me assure you. <laughs> now, Timmy boy, I love your work. OK. You've got to be careful, mate. Sporting bet, best bets of the week time. I like Australia to bounce back in the one day against the West Indies. And I, I like the Poms to easily win game one of the Six Nations against Scotland. And Sporting Bet think the heart can roll its victory in Derby this week. That's yeah. it. Who are you? I'm Russell Barwick. And as usual, I'm Sam Kekovic. And more importantly, you know it makes sense. You you didn't think the victory would be? Oh, Sporting Bet. Sporting Bet. Oh, right. Yeah. Well, there's a, there's a bet on there.